Hello and welcome back to Stereotypically Right. This is Sienna Catherine and I have been gone for a couple of weeks because I just need to take a little break and honestly there's just so much happening. Like every single day there's just so many things coming out in the news and I felt like it was better for me to read and interpret than to make a podcast and kind of just regurgitate everything that was going on and kind of like pick things this time around now that things have settled a little bit that I can actually talk to you guys about because I felt like a lot of the things that were going on were more they they were just leads and I felt like at first it was kind of providing false hope and there really wasn't much for me to talk about because there wasn't a ton of information so I just felt like I needed to take a break and it was nice while it lasted but you know now we have some more information coming out that is more substantial that I felt like I could share with you guys. So today there's a lot to talk about. I really hope that this is going to be under an hour but as I was typing this out I was like wow this might be my longest podcast yet but we do have a lot to cover as I always say. So we're going to talk about Sherry Beasley who is a local judge. She was the former chief justice and we're going to talk about her election and her request for a third recount after she lost twice to Paul Newby. We're going to talk about the hearings that have been going on with Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis all across the United States in regards to the election fraud, Biden's ankle bracelet, aka why he's wearing a boot, martial law, the flu cases and how there are mysteriously none this year, the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, leaders define their own COVID rules, Noah Cyrus, Candace Owens, and Harry Styles, and holier-than-thou Christians. So, like I said, huge list, maybe an hour-long podcast, but stick with me and we'll just get started. So, as I said, Sherry Beasley was the former Chief Justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court, and after losing twice to Paul Newby, she is demanding a third recount by hand. In the last recount, Newby won by 401 votes. I'm just curious why she wants to lose a third time she's lost twice now she's already had one recount the only thing that a third recount is going to do is show her that she lost unless what she probably is in her team is doing something behind the scenes to mysteriously find more votes or something like that and honestly i'm not familiar with the rules on recounts and um how opponents can request recounts, but I'm just confused why the Republicans are allowing her a third recount. Do, do we need to? Can we just move on with this? I mean, she could do what Trump is doing and take it to the Supreme Court if she really wanted to, in my opinion, but she's not doing that. She just keeps demanding a recount, and it's kind of Trump's strategy, but I just feel like it's been going on for too long now. Like, it just really makes no sense. And third time is the charm. So if she loses again this time, which I'm 100% sure that she will, unless she cheated somehow, then she honestly just needs to give it a rest. And if she requests another one, Republicans just need to put their foot down and just ignore her because it's just outrageous. And Newbie needs to relax and rest in knowing that he won. He put up a hard fight. He's deserving of this, being the Supreme Court Justice. He's an incredible man of integrity, 
And I know that if he lost the election, he would have conceded gracefully rather than badgering Sherry Beasley to a third recount. And also, Paul Newby is a white man and Sherry Beasley is a black woman. And I'm 100% sure that if Paul Newby had requested recount after recount after recount, they would have put some sort of racial bias in there that he just can't lose to a black woman because, you know, that's what the left does. But I digress. So the hearings. Rudy Giuliani has 5,000 plus sworn affidavits from poll workers who are testifying against what they saw during the national election. And I just wanted to talk about Melissa Carone. I hope I'm getting her name right. The only reason I'm saying her full name is because her name is the only one that's on the internet. And she was on national TV. She had to say her name. I missed the other two people's names that I'm going to be talking about. And so I just didn't want to say their names. But she's honestly the hero that we all needed. She's the woman that said, I signed something saying that if I lie, I have to go to prison. Do you? And I just love her boldness and she was just so at at ease and she knew she was in the right and you know when you're right you're confident and she just had that confidence about her that I really love and I love seeing strong conservative women and I've been really inspired by seeing these people taking a stand and it's inspired me to be more bold because I've been taking a break for a little bit but eventually I need to get back out there and fight because we can't just allow a few people to be the loud voices and the people with the megaphone. We have to all equally fight for what we deserve. But now, because this is what leftists do, they say they're feminists, but really they only like women who vote like them. They are mocking her and calling her a dumb blonde and saying that she was drunk because of the sound of her voice. Like, what if a conservative person said that about a liberal woman who went to testify. The mainstream media would still be talking about it. And she's claimed that she can't find work because of her political views and because of her willingness to testify. So Melissa lives in Michigan, which is a pretty blue state, and she's having trouble finding work because of her stance and honestly because she's telling the truth. And I mean, God does say that we will be persecuted for the way that we live and for the values that we hold. And many conservatives and many Christians are finding themselves persecuted during this time. Um, And so I just pray that she's able to find work or that someone was watching that hearing who's able to provide her work maybe in a different state if that works for her. Because she, we all need to be trying to go to red states right now so that we can live in places that support our ideology. So another person was an Indian woman who testified about how she was assumed to be a Democrat because of her skin color and she was treated better because they thought she was a Democrat. She heard conspiracies about how the Republican poll watchers needed to be ousted and when her GOP tag was showing, she was told that she was on the wrong side. So because she was an Indian woman, she fit right in with everyone and she was able to talk to everyone and they thought that she was cool or whatever and so they were telling her about the conspiracies to get Republican poll watchers kicked out but then immediately when they found out that she was a Republican they treated her very poorly and she noted all of the instances that she saw where she saw Republican poll watchers being treated poorly and um just being belittled by the Democrat poll watchers. And she also mentioned that she had an unaffiliated tag on, and when she had the unaffiliated 
tag on she was also just treated like a normal person but this just goes to show that it it wasn't about integrity it was honestly about politics and the democrats were forcing republican poll watchers out and how i know she was telling the truth because people who i mean you could say that people who lie are saying this but people who tell the truth are confident like i said about melissa and this woman said this is true because if you asked me in my sleep i would give you the same answer because when you're lying it takes a lot of memory power but i'm telling the truth and that was awesome that she said that to representative cynthia johnson who i'm going to talk about in a little bit when i talk about this next witness but it's just so awesome to see these strong conservative women standing up standing their ground and speaking their mind and speaking the truth against people who are trying to belittle them just because of their political views now another woman was testifying and she was very emotional she is indian and catholic and she was very emotional when she was testifying about thanking Jesus for the opportunities that America has given her in the past 35 years that she's been here. And Jenna Ellis was, you could tell that she was also very moved by her testimony. And she could barely, the woman could barely even talk because she was just so moved about all of the opportunities that she's had here. And she is doing this because she's fighting for her country is what she said. And this is what she believes is right. So we have people who were not even born here, who care more about this country than people who were blessed to be born here, who are in the streets tearing and burning things down and wishing death to America and burning American flags. But we have immigrants who come from different countries who hold America to such a high standard and who hold America dearly in their hearts. And that's the part that just makes me so mad about all of this like I said in a podcast before, seeing all of these first-time voters and immigrants who were so happy to cast their vote for Trump and then to know that the election was stolen from them is just very frustrating. But what's also frustrating is that this woman was intimidated by Representative Cynthia Johnson. So she asked her how she spells her name, and she made sure that she got the spelling correct, and people believe that's because she wanted to dox her and as I said before just imagine if this was a Republican doing this to a Democrat a Democrat witness was being intimidated by a Republican representative just imagine because the media would have only focused on that but we don't have any instance of the mainstream media reporting on this because they're Democrats and Democrats are just so kind and wonderful and Republicans are the evil ones. But my question is, if there is no fraud, then why are all these witnesses coming forward? Why does more evidence appear every single day? If you sign an affidavit, you are held to that and you can go to jail if you lie, like Melissa said. So like this is serious stuff, federal crime here. So why are these people coming forward if it's not true? They have other things to be doing with their lives. They have work to go to, families to take care of, but they thought this was important enough that they needed to testify and tell about what happened. I just don't understand why people keep saying that there's no evidence when clearly there is. And also one big cloud of evidence is that Kamala Harris has not resigned from her Senate seat. So if you win, 
the vice presidency and the presidency, you would want to resign from a senate seat. Like, Barack Obama won the presidency, and he resigned from a senate seat because he knew he won. So why is Kamala Harris still holding on to her senate seat? That's just a bit odd. But, again, I digress. And I just want to ask these questions because I know that I'm not going to get any answers to it. But it's just to really make the liberals think about what they're doing, how hypocritical they're being, how badly they've treated us the past four years. And really, yeah, the past four years, it really wasn't as politically charged until um, Trump ran for the presidency. But now you say you're a conservative and it's like putting a target on your back. And so I just have these questions for them because everything that they say we do, they're actually doing. And that's been the case for the past four years. So I just thought that I would ask. Now on to Biden's ankle bracelet, aka his boot. So a few days ago, Biden fell while getting out of the shower after saying that he pulled his dog's tail, which is so weird. Like, it's just so weird that he's getting out of his shower and pulling his dog's tail and falls. I don't know. It's just the oddest, the most, like, the oddest story I've ever heard in my entire life. And then people notice, I don't know how people notice these things, but Patriots are good, that he was wearing dog socks a couple days before his injury. And also his dog's name is Major. And so that's actually code that it's not actually an ankle fracture. It's actually that he's wearing a bracelet on his ankle and needed the boot to cover it up. And Major's also like a, it's a military name. And so we're just questioning whether or not it's really an ankle bracelet because he was spotted putting his literal full weight, his full weight, like standing on one foot and he's not hobbling. He's, he's walking just fine. And I just find that really odd because one, he's 74 and two, he fractured his foot. So when I was nine, I broke my foot at the growth plate and I was on crutches, but then I got a boot and I could barely walk in that thing. I was limping. I couldn't run. I definitely couldn't pull my, put my full weight on it for a really long time, actually, because it was a pretty bad break. So I'm just confused as to how a 74-year-old man with a fracture can put his full weight on a broken foot. And also, people think that it's an ankle monitor because Hillary Clinton and both McCain's were seeing boots to hide their alleged ankle bracelets. So we're just wondering if any arrests are going to be happening soon. But I don't know, to be continued. But that takes us into martial law. So what is martial law? For those of you who don't know, it's the imposition of direct military control over normal activity in response to an emergency. So Trump is the commander in chief, and that means that he has the full authority so that he can restore order via the Insurrection Act. And the Insurrection Act is basically the deployment of the military. It's martial law. Um, so this will be used to arrest domestic terrorists when Trump has announced the winner. And it's also because there's going to be a lot of chaos when Obama, Clinton, and people like that get arrested. And so he's going to need all of these troops here to restore order. And Trump has been pulling the troops out of the places that they've been stationed and returning them home. And people think that's because he's getting ready for this. And me personally, I was getting really nervous because I kept hearing flights every day. Like every night I'll hear a plane go overhead, several actually. And I don't live anywhere near the airport. And when I did live near the airport, I never heard a plane. And I realized it's because I live near a military base now. And 
even though I live near a military base, there's been a lot of activity because Trump is returning the troops home. And so I think that that's why we're hearing the planes, because he's getting ready by returning the troops to the bases and everything like that. But it was really freaking me out for a little bit because I've just never heard that many flights overhead. And this isn't, my town is like not a place where you would hear planes a lot. You would, you would hear maybe the occasional plane, but not as many as I've been hearing. And if you look up the flight logs to Gitmo, you can just go on flightaware.com. Um, you can get there. You can get there by searching Gitmo flight logs, or you can go to flightaware.com. You will see a list of flight logs to and from Guantanamo Bay, and they've been from Georgia, Florida, and Virginia. And I was watching Santa surfing earlier today, and she said that there's a place that the White Hats labeled as Emoen Attack Speed. And that's Deep State New Home Gardens, backward, which is located a few miles from Guantanamo Bay. So that's allegedly where the where the people who are in the Deep State are going to go after they're arrested. It's alleged that some of them are already there and that people who you see now who are Obama and Clinton are actually clones. I have a hard time believing that. Some of my friends really believe that there are clones. I just have to do more research on that because it just it boggles my mind that we could have clones so perfectly resemble I don't know it just seems like the the clone project type of thing would produce a lot of botched clones and I have a lot of issues with cloning because I believe in God and I believe that he created everyone and I don't believe that we should be replicating DNA into full-grown beings also this is a dumb question, but like, wouldn't a clone have to be a baby first? So how could these clones be full-grown human beings, the exact age of these people? I don't really know, but apparently clones have been around since World War II, and um, the Nazis were known to be clones. So if anybody has any information on that, I would love to pick your brain on that, and I'm just going to have to do more research. But anyway... The arrests are going to start soon, if they haven't already, and the first one is supposed to shock everyone. So people have speculations about who that's going to be. Some people say it's going to be Bill Barr, but he's just really confusing me lately because sometimes it seems like he's in lockstep with Trump and then other times it seems like he's not. So I'm not sure if he's going to be arrested first. I feel like it would be Obama or even Biden. But I'm not sure, but I just really want something to happen soon because we're getting really close to December 15th or December 14th when the Electoral College is supposed to vote and really not much has happened yet. So we're running out of time. But how we know everything is about to go down is that Trump is supposed to tweet, my fellow Americans, the storm is upon us. And um, there's this cue saying that nothing can stop what is coming. So that's NCSWIS. And NCSWIS is actually the presidential communication device that Trump is allegedly supposed to use to communicate with us because all social media is going to go down. And he's going to use this to explain everything that's been happening to us, show all of the arrests and stuff like that. Those of you who are listening to this podcast already probably know a lot of this information But to those of you who don't, you probably think I sound really crazy. And now that I'm talking about it, it does sound really crazy. But Q does say that we're watching a movie and the future 
proves the past. And so I've been really doing a lot of studying and the people that I listen to like X22, Red Pill News, and Charlie Ward and people like that, they seem to have a lot of information that coincides with each other or else I wouldn't be as confident as I am. But I will say that I don't believe anything that the mainstream media says and I just watch it for pure entertainment, though it is annoying because of all the like COVID stuff going on. But like, I just can't believe a word that they say because I've just been shown too much stuff. But if you think that what I'm saying is weird, I would just encourage you to change your browser to DuckDuckGo from Google. Don't use that. And go to DuckDuckGo and just type in anything that I say and you will find a plethora of information. Go watch something from Santa Surfing, Charlie Ward, X-22, and just just give it some thought. I When I first heard all of this stuff, I thought that people were crazy. But now, I really don't question anything because of how this year has just really opened my eyes to how we've been lied to and controlled and how the narrative is being exposed. So I would just ask that you at least consider the information before you completely write it off. Anyway, in terms of my fellow Americans, the storm is upon us. Something really cool is that D5, aka December 5th, is tomorrow. And QPost11 talked about this D5 and how basically nothing can stop what is coming in that certain things are going to happen and it's an important date so I'm just I'm just interested to see what will happen so speaking of COVID we're now going to talk about the flu it's going to be a short segment all cases and deaths have been attributed to COVID and there are no flu deaths this year I was looking on the CDC website and I only saw one death from December from November to now one death use your brain next segment the vaccine 40 million doses for 20 million Americans are expected to arrive next week. They are going to give you a vaccine card if you have received the vaccine. So let's just talk about that. In Nazi Germany, Jews had to wear a yellow star to prove that they were Jews and carry that around. So now if you get the vaccine, you have to have a vaccine card. And if you don't have it, you'll be outed. They also, um, the CDC said that they would hand out stickers and buttons to people that receive the vaccine. So it's kind of like reverse psychology. And I just, a lot of people are bringing up a really good point about the vaccine cards because they're saying that people want people to carry vaccine cards, but they don't care that they don't have voter ID. And that's a really good point because you have to have an ID to drive, buy alcohol, to do a lot of things get your social security check open a bank account so why don't you need it to vote which is one of the most important things that we do because it dictates our lives so i just don't like the idea of a vaccine card and honestly this is just an opening for the black market because a lot of people don't want to get this vaccine i saw that one in three wake med workers will not want to get this vaccine and they're frontline workers so people are going to be getting fake vaccine cards and there's also going to be a plethora of fake covid vaccines and the distribution sites for these vaccines are not going to be at your regular doctor's office they're going to be at these little pop-up clinics where you get tests so you'll see signs on the side of the road that says free covid tests pull up and they were conducting simulations today i saw on the news where they would like not they would have they would have the syringe but it wouldn't have a needle in it and they would pretend 
to go through the whole situation of how you're going to get your vaccine, which I thought was so weird because honestly, very few people have never had a vaccine before and you don't need to train for that. Like, it's so weird. And so they were trying to do it as quickly as possible. I don't know. So many things that I don't like about that. But I just found it very odd that they had it on the news that they were doing vaccine simulations. But in terms of the vaccine card, they've already had places like Ticketmaster that are already saying that you need the vaccine to participate in economic activities with them. So I'm just going to touch on this subject a little bit, even though I don't fully believe it. But people are saying that this is the mark of the beast because of sentences like that, where you can't fly and you can't purchase certain items or go certain places if you don't have this vaccine and it says that the mark of the beast you have to have it or you can't buy or sell i personally don't believe that this is the mark of the beast until i'm shown who the antichrist is and where it has to be placed on your right hand or your forehead and i've been seeing a lot of things where the mark of the beast is metaphorical. It's not going to actually be something on your person. So I just have to do a lot of research about this. But Christians, I would just caution you on telling people that this is the mark of the beast because this has been a very trying time for people. Um, people who don't believe in God are looking to see what we do with our values and how we interpret scripture. And if we're wrong about something so serious... Because if you accept the mark of the beast, there's no going back and you will be damned to hell. And this is not the mark of the beast. That's going to ruin our credibility. And part of me feels like Satan wanted to mimic his mark of the beast ahead of time. So that we could trick people and and make people fall away from Christianity or make people never want to worship God. And so I would just caution you until we have all the information about telling people whether or not this is the mark of the beast. Now, you can have your reservations about it. There, There's a lot to be cautious of. This was made in the same year that the, the pandemic hit, technically, because it came to the U.S. in 2020. And vaccines have taken 10 to 15 years to develop when other pandemics or other diseases have arisen. But I don't think it's appropriate to say that it's the mark of the beast until we have all of the proper information. But I just want to ask you guys, why are you testing a vaccine made in the same year when others have taken 10 to 15 years to develop? Why would you want to rush to take this vaccine when Pfizer says that it only has a 90% success rate and COVID has a 99.5% recovery rate for most age groups? Why would you want to take something that has a lower success rate than the actual recovery rate? It just doesn't really make sense. People are just so in fear that they're willing to do anything. But I would just caution you on the decisions you make and and don't make decisions too rationally just because you're scared. We already have things that treat COVID-19 like hydroxychloroquine and zinc and azithromycin. So we don't need to be rushing to take a vaccine that only has a 90% percent success rate. Now, in terms of how long it's taken the vaccine to develop, it may not have actually been developed this year. So a lot of people think that this virus was planned. I I do too, but I never thought about this. My friend Michelle, hi if you're listening, said that this vaccine may have been made years ago and that all of this was planned because if it was made this year, frontline workers are not going to want to take it. 
because they're going to know that it was rushed and you don't want to rush a vaccine. That's something that's very serious and something that needs to have a lot of testing done. And there's when you're injecting something into someone's body, you need to do more research than eight months. And if it wasn't made this year and frontline workers are willing to take it, that means they know that it wasn't made this year and they're going to have to come out and say that it wasn't made this year. So it's kind of putting them in a bind. So we're just going to have to see how people react. The first people to get it will let us know how to react, basically. Frontline workers and the elderly, which I really, really hate that the elderly are being pushed to take this vaccine because a lot of them are in nursing homes and they cannot speak for themselves and they're going to be given this vaccine. And it makes me feel like they're trying to kill them off. And so I just really pray that 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 is not the case and that something changes between now and the time that the vaccines are administered so that the elderly are not basically guinea pigs for the rest of the world. Also, the Gates said that black people need to be first. So they were going to be doing a lot of clinical trials in Africa. And um, we we know how they feel about African-Americans and black people in general, and they want to control the population. So it's kind of odd that they would forthrightly say that black people need to get it first, but people think that the people who love the Gateses and just think that they're amazing think that they said this because black people are just so poor and destitute and they just don't have money and they're so oppressed and they're so heavily affected by COVID-19 that they can't possibly live without getting this vaccine. Well, that's not true. And secondly, everybody needs to be getting it equally if it's so deadly. Because African Americans are 13% of the population in America. So if, if it's so deadly, then we need to be getting it to everyone. And we need to be getting it to the majority of the population, not the minority of the population. But this is also a time for Christians to start standing up before it's too late. So if you don't already know this, there's aborted fetal tissues and vaccines. And that goes against my religious beliefs. Um... I believe that they're still using current aborted fetuses and putting them in vaccines because the vac- the, the aborted fetal tissue from the 50s and 60s can't possibly have been sustained this long. And it's also just odd that they're using another human being's DNA and injecting it into you. I think that's why we have autoimmune diseases and allergies because think of all of the diseases, allergies, the blood type of the aborted fetus that's being injected into you. So it's not really your body attacking itself, it's your body attacking an unknown substance. So just think about that. And just think about abortion in general and how these babies are being slaughtered in the womb, even if they weren't being used for a vaccine, but knowing that they're in a vaccine, it's time for Christians to just stand up and don't don't listen to the people who say like, oh, Jesus would take the vaccine because it's compassionate and loving. Jesus would have healed. Jesus would not wear the mask. Jesus would have healed. In the Bible, it doesn't say Jesus donned a pair of gloves and then touched the person with leprosy to heal them. He just touched them and they were healed. So don't believe those lies that people are saying to virtue signal because that's all they're doing. And something interesting is that Obama, Bush, and Clinton said that they would all take it publicly on TV but my speculation is that they're going to be forced to do that from Gitmo, and they know that, and so that they had to say that in order 
Like, they had to say that, but it, it sounds so great to all the liberals because they're like, oh my gosh, my heroes, they're taking the vaccine publicly, so you can do it too. But really, I think that Trump is like, no, you guys are going to take this and you're going to show the world how bad it is. And speaking of leaders who are hypocritical, you know that these leaders that are forcing the vaccine on you are not going to take this vaccine. And the leaders who are being hypocritical, some of them, let's highlight, Newsom, Cuomo, Lightfoot, and Pelosi. They're all defying their own rules that they've set for the public. They've been seen at parties, restaurants, hair salons, and protests, and they've all been maskless. And why does the left keep voting for them? Those are your leaders and not mine. And why does the left keep harassing everyday citizens when their own leaders don't abide by their rules? So you see an everyday citizen, normal citizen, just walking down the street, not wearing a mask, and you're going to get in their face and scream at them when you you should be six feet apart because you're so scared of COVID, right? But no, you're going to get in their face and scream at them, but you're going to applaud Lori Lightfoot when she's maskless at a protest. Okay, got it. Got it. But CNN has started reporting on them because they know that they can't hide it anymore. And too many of them have been seen not following their own guidelines. So they can't talk about Trump and they can't talk about, they can't talk about all the Republicans who have been seen not wearing a mask at at outings and stuff like that. Now it's their people and too many of their people have been spotted doing it. So it's not like they can just hide it anymore. You know that all these people who have these rules are like going and eating at restaurants, have Thanksgiving with their family, don't wear a mask. They've all been pictured not doing it. And it's rules for thee, not for me. That's the mentality. But the Democrats just keep voting for them because they think that they're so amazing. I don't really know. But I just really don't understand voting to have your rights taken away because of BLM and clout and stuff like that. But anyway, speaking of not calling your own people out, let's talk about Noah Cyrus, Candace Owens, and Harry Styles. So Noah Cyrus called Candace Owens a nappy blank blank a-s-s-h-o-e for saying that she likes masculinity and wants to bring back masculine men after Harry Styles was pictured on the cover of Vogue in a dress. Noah Cyrus, a white woman, called Candace Owens, a black woman, a nappy blank blank. I'm sorry, but I thought Black Lives Matter. Where's Black Lives Matter in all of this? Where's the mainstream media? completely silent and then cyrus claimed that she didn't know the meaning of the word nappy but she literally used it in the correct context so it's acceptable for white women to call names to black women but only if they're black republicans because you know that if this was the other way around places would be burned to the ground and there would be riots everywhere but i mean i already knew that this was acceptable because i have people calling me coon house negro always talking down to me telling me kill myself and like all these really cute things And a lot of white liberals are super racist toward me and, like, like comments of people calling me out of my name, calling me Uncle Tom and stuff. So I already knew all of this was acceptable. And I've seen, I've seen white liberals attack other black conservatives. So, I mean, I already knew this was all okay. But again, this is just me challenging liberal ideology because Black Lives Matter, like, it's literally the organization that they stand behind and that funds everything that they do. So I'm just confused, like, really just confused about all of that. But, see, this is the funny thing. Holier than thou Christians. So, the people who are so rude to Republicans, and especially Republicans who are not white, these are the same holier than thou Christians who think that they're just doing the Lord's work by belonging to BLM. So, I saw a Bevel and Beatty video 
that she made a few weeks ago talking about how people no longer want to become Christians or be Christians because they're judged by people for what they say, even if it's the truth. Because if Candace Owens wants to talk about abortion and say that more black babies are aborted than born every year in New York and that Margaret Sanger was the one who founded Planned Parenthood because she wanted to eradicate the black race through eugenics, then you're going to be called a non-Christian because you don't care about women's reproductive rights. And that's not compassionate by these holiers and now Christians, okay? And I just want these people to know, Jesus had a wrath. Not everything he said was warm and fuzzy. When he met the woman who was an adulterer and he said, let he without sin cast the first stone, he said, go and sin no more to that woman. He didn't say, oh, you're okay in your sin and I'm going to tolerate it because that's the loving thing to do. No. He said, go and sin no more. Do you think that woman wanted to hear that? No. She was, she was perfectly fine going and hooking up with other men. She didn't care. That's why she did it. But it took conviction because that's what happens when you hear something that you don't like and you wrestle with it, that's called conviction. It doesn't mean that you're intolerant. It, that is caring. Saying something that's going to convict someone is caring. Letting someone just live their life the way they want to and live their life in sin is not caring. It's not Christian. So stop tearing people down just because they're forthright and speaking the truth and that's something that you're not capable of doing. A ton of people do this. And a ton of people do this to me, but they're not being Christ-like because they defend abortion, BLM, and the social justice gospel, which are nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere. And if what you say doesn't line up with the Bible, you're the one who is not a Christian. Don't call people non-Christians and stop criticizing them for what they say just because it doesn't feel good. Like I said, that's conviction. It's not supposed to feel good. That's what makes us change and allows us to live a godly life. It's just something that I really can't stand is people who say that they're Christians and they're literally using the Bible to lie. They pervert the gospel and they just harass people who actually are Christians and are living out the Bible and are living out truth. So here's the thing. Here's to tell. Here's how you tell if what you do is actually biblical. A lot of people aren't going to like what you do. You're probably not going to have 50,000 followers if you're an average everyday citizen and you're a Christian. It's probably not going to happen. It's probably going to happen that you get like 2,000 likes on a photo with a nice Christian caption on it if there's a lie in it somewhere. And it's, it's going to be of the world. If worldly people follow your advice, you're probably not a Christian. Because worldly advice tickles the ears of those in the world and does nothing for those who are in the word. And wordly, godly advice tickles the ears of those who are in the word and infuriates those who are of the world. The social justice gospel is not a gospel. I've said this before. There's nothing that goes in front of the word gospel. There's nothing that goes in front of the word justice. When Jesus comes to restore the world he's not coming for social justice social justice is satan's way of mimicking the justice that jesus is going to bring to the world everything satan does is a is a mockery of what jesus is really going to do social justice is believing in the government as god to give people handouts and to make the world a utopia 
but that's only going to happen. The world is only going to be perfect and everybody is only going to have every single thing that they need when they're in heaven. No man on this earth is going to make make it perfect. They can't because they're flawed beings. And so I would just really check and see what the Bible says before we go tearing down people and saying they're not being Christian because what they say is different from what you say. Check it in scripture. If what they say aligns with scripture and what you think does not align with scripture, then you're the one that's in the wrong. And I I don't have a problem calling out non-Christians because I used to be one myself. So I know what it is that I like to hear. I was perfectly fine with abortion. I was perfectly fine with gay marriage. I was perfectly fine with all of that. And being a Christian, it's changed my worldview because I don't live for myself anymore. So I'm perfectly fine with saying that you're not a Christian if you believe in social justice gospel because it doesn't exist and, and it's not Christian. But I would just encourage people who think they're Christians to see if what they say lines up with scripture. And that's how you tell if someone's a Christian or not. It's by their fruit. And the liberal ideology just doesn't have any room in Christianity because all of it is just based on what feels good and what doesn't offend other people. But Jesus offended. The gospel offends. He came to divide. The Bible talks about separating the wheat from the chaff. And he's doing that. And it's been very evident this year who is wheat and who is chaff. Like, sorry, not to sound pompous or anything, but I mean, it's just true. Like, who is standing firm in the word and who would just rather not say anything to keep the peace? That's not, that's not godly. And it's really disheartening to see a lot of pastors take that stand, but I'm grateful for those who have stood firm, like my new pastor. Go to an awesome church called RFA, and if you're looking for a church that's open, you should go to this one. Pastor Chad does not play at all, and he is very, he he's very godly, convicting. I'm always convicted, truly convicted, and he says things that you just wrestle with, and that's okay because that means that you're growing, but no more of this warm and fuzzy Jesus stuff. I'm I'm just tired of all of these people coming and telling people that they're not Christians because they're speaking the truth. And if you've had that happen to you, I'm sorry. And I hope that you will keep standing up for what's right because at the end of the day, you and only you are going to stand before the Lord and he's either going to accept you into heaven or say that he doesn't know you. So while you're being accepted by your friends right now and you have a lot of followers, it doesn't matter if you go to hell. So make sure that you're living your life for Jesus And even if it feels like it's a lonely road, know that he's always with you and that he wants you to stand firm. That's why he gave us his word so that we could be Bereans and double and triple check scripture to make sure what what we're saying and what we're doing lines up with what he said. So this actually wasn't an hour-long podcast, and I'm super shocked by that because I really was expecting it to be. But if you made it all the way through, thank you for listening. If you want to follow me on social media, my Twitter is at Sienna Catherine. My Instagram has changed. It's at Sienna Catherine Grace. Just wanted to put the grace in there. And 
if you want to message me about content that I can talk about in the next episode, I would love to hear your thoughts. And if you have my number, then you can text me thoughts that you would like to hear. Well, thank you for listening to this episode and I will see you in my next one.